and we're back for another episode of Inside Sports Fantasy Football. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break podcast, and of course, Pop Culture Cosmos. I want to thank you so much for listening to all of our shows, and I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving, an awesome weekend, and also terrific shopping as well. But it's another great podcast we got lined up for you today. Also want to thank our listeners of the Cuyahoga Valley Radio Network. Thank you so much for being part of Inside Sports Fantasy Football. And I've got a great guest once again. He is back. He is our man from Inside Sports. You got to check out everything that's going on today at Inside Sports on Facebook. Also at Chris L Sports on Twitter. It is my good friend. It is Chris Sardieri. And Chris, just so glad to have you back. I hope you and the family had a terrific weekend. And you know what? I'm still kind of hurt that you didn't come to see me when you were here in Las Vegas. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Gerald. Uh, happy belated Thanksgiving. Didn't want to bother you too much. And we were headed to the Hoover Dam in the usual tourist spot. So I figured I'd spare you the uh, the agony being a local, you know, kind of like here in L.A. I don't uh, want to go see the Hollywood Boulevard, Sights and Sounds, the Stars, the Walk of Fame, you name it. So uh figure I'd let you be and spare you. Well, that's okay. Around the time that you were here in Vegas, I had gauze in my mouth. So I probably would have just been able to say, oh, of course. Oh, you go, oh, 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 oh. So that wouldn't have sounded too good. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Probably would have scared my kids for their inevitable future wisdom teeth being pulled, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yes, your kids would have had a really, really, really poor perception of me. And, you know, that's not good for your family. Let's just put that, <laughs> put that image out of your head right now. So it was yeah. a great weekend in football, my friend. The playoffs are now here in virtually all, if not all, fantasy leagues. So it is definitely the money is on the line, so to speak, even in all the playoffs. You know, for free, you could say if you're one of the free leagues, the money is on the line, you know, as far as a, a veritable fashion. But for a lot of leagues, actually, the money, the cashola is on the line, legit, because the playoffs are now here. And you know, for many, they all started this past weekend with week 13 in the NFL. Before we go ahead and talk about some of the issues that we really need to discuss and your return to the doghouse, I want to hear your thoughts on some of the impressions that you got with some of the fantasy performances that were done over the course of NFL's Week 13. Oh, I'll tell you one because this guy was on my bench and it had to do with one of the most surprising games of Week 13. Devontae Parker, clearly Ryan Fitzpatrick's got a nice little bond going with him. Um, in my particularly, he scored north of 30 points. Uh, I had someone else in the flex, Jarvis Landry, who previously had done well against the Steelers. But as we all know, the uh, Baker Mayfield and Freddie Kitchens marriage was not made in heaven. Um, so he really stood out to me. And uh, I, I think the fact, too, um, kind of uh, rebounding, not necessarily surprising, but I, I think it might bode well for teams in the playoffs is that uh, – Jared Goff and Cooper Cups hooked up again. So another thing to keep an eye on there, if you, you need a quarterback to play, and we'll talk about this later, um, looks like Goff's getting his footing back. We'll see this week against the Seahawks. Uh, and then, too, I think um, I, I really think kind of disappointing, and especially today with the news of Ron Rivera being fired, uh, Christian McCaffrey, I really expected more of him. But on the flip side, Two big surprises in the Redskins' backfield, both 100-plus yard rushers and uh, Darius Geis and the uh, 
seemingly ageless Adrian Peterson ran all over the Carolina defense. Those are two, uh, three actually big surprises in that game. Well, I'll tell you what, my friend, I have been on a roll. I'm now seven games on a hot streak right now, seven games in a row. Just It's just determination. My year started off really poorly, even though my team was scoring a lot of numbers. It's still, it was just, uh, you know, week after week after week, I was just not being able to get over the hump. And you know what? I stuck to it, hit that waiver wire, found those players that were just going to go ahead and help me fill those holes, fill those gaps. And I just paid attention to what was going on with the outside numbers, the kicking game, the defense and special teams, where you can pick up an easy five to ten points over other owners that aren't carrying as much. And it just it's helped me go ahead and propel me into the playoffs. So I'm so excited. Uh, I just cannot tell you the feeling that you get when you see this team or, or when you have a team that's gone from look, you know, what looks like, you know, gloom and doom to something that looks like it could be a very good season for you overall. So I'm I'm really riding a hot streak right now, but can I continue? It's just going to have to be something that we're going to talk about as far as playoff strategies because I'm interested to hear what you have to say about the teams now that are in the playoffs. And some of the things that we saw this past weekend, we can go ahead and take from it. What do you say about the Rams? Because the Rams are just all over the place as far as consistency is concerned. Yes, they're still in the playoff hunt in the NFC, but I want to hear your thoughts on as a viable fantasy option because one week they're hot and the next week they're not. Yeah, I definitely agree. I I think with this week, um, while there may be better quarterback options out there, I think you could do a lot worse than Goff, as I had mentioned earlier. The Rams' backs are going to be up against the wall. It's going to be a key Sunday night game against the Seahawks. And frankly, the first time they played Seattle on Thursday night football early in the season, they're a Greg Zerline miss away from winning that game and a key penalty and a turnover kind of turned that game around. And uh, honestly, Goff didn't have a half bad game. I feel like the uh, offense is in a little bit better of a rhythm. Um, Todd Gurley seems to have showed up. He scored again this past Sunday. Uh, as he goes, so do the Rams. Uh, one, you know, you're looking to stream a tight end. Keep your eye on Tyler Higby. It seems like Goff has uh, now started favoring him over Everett. That might be someone you want to pick up this week. And uh, on top of that, the Seahawks defense was far from impressive against uh, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins. Uh, that's another discussion for another day. But uh, the Vikings clearly had their chance to win that game and lit up that defense. So uh, I do feel they can be scored upon. Because you see them all over the place when they're, they're having one week when they just can't seem to score anything. And then the next, like you said, Todd Gurley, who is on my team, and I did benefit from having him in the starting lineup this past weekend, Played very well, 100 yards, a touchdown, got you the points. He did what you needed him to do, in essence, and did what I thought was going to be done back when I drafted him so high, back early, you know, back when we were going ahead and and having the drafts and all that. So we're seeing these things from the L.A. Rams as far as consistency. That's kind of scary. So be warned out there as far as playoff contenders are concerned. I mean, they're playing against Seattle, so they're not playing against the chopped liver this weekend. They're they're playing against a top-quality team in Seattle. So at least it's a home game. But I'll tell you what, it's something to be concerned about if you want to go ahead and start those receivers, Todd Gurley, or even Jared Goff. Yeah, it, it definitely that, that is there's a potential for that there. Um, 
what I'm what I'm looking at though is we're starting to see weather issues on the East Coast and the Midwest. Um, I'll go out on a limb and say it'll be uh, you know probably rain is going to pass through LA. It looks like there won't be an issue for that on Sunday, so uh, at least there I think you'll be good. But um, yeah, you know I I think I'd rather just to kind of have a comparison of someone I have on my teams and I liked all year. I think Goff's got a little bit more favorable matchup against the Seahawks than, say, a Kyler Murray would against the surprisingly resurgent Steelers defense, for instance, or even uh, Derek Carr, another quarterback I own. Um, you know, with the way that the, I'm not saying the Titans are a great defense, but boy, do they like getting turnovers, and that's something you've got to be concerned about if you're thinking about starting cars. So, like I said, you could do a lot worse, but I just happen to think in games like this. Uh, where there are real playoff implications. What we've seen this year is uh, don't be surprised if it's a shootout. I agree with you. I'm, I'm hoping for a shootout. Obviously, fantasy owners are as well. And I mentioned before that we're in the midst of the playoff run, excuse me, uh, because playoffs for a lot of leagues are starting this week if they've not started already. So as someone who's been through the round so many times with playoffs in fantasy football, what are some of the strategies that you can go ahead and bestow on others and our listeners out there exactly what kind of preparations that you make in order to go ahead and ensure the best opportunity for your team to come out on top in the playoffs? You know, uh, right off the bat, you, you tight ends are always a thorn in our side. If you need to stream them, uh, Jack Doyle and Kyle Rudolph have scored touchdowns and look like uh, they're kind of trending upwards the last few weeks. If they're out there, I think it's worth taking a flyer on either of them. They've got good rapport with their respective quarterbacks. Back in the day, you know, I started playing fantasy in the late 1990s, and uh, it was just common wisdom that if you picked a running back very high, you handcuffed him with his backup. And, you know, with limited roster space these days and the fact that there's more running backs by committee, that seemed to have gone by the wayside. But uh, something happened on Monday Night Football where I think – Heading into the playoffs, you need to start either handcuffing or building depth, especially at the running back position. Dalvin Cook got hurt. Luckily, it looks like if you're an owner of his, it's not going to be serious. They thought it might be a collarbone or shoulder issue. But uh, Alexander Madison got some carries, and he looked good. Even if you don't own Cook, I think he's worth taking a flyer on stash him if Cook either gets hurt or maybe they bench him for prolonged periods of time. That's going to lead me to uh, my, my second recommendation. I'm a Chris Carson owner. Rashad Penny seems to be getting a lot of carries, looked phenomenal down the stretch last night. Take a flyer on him if he's out there. I mean, if, if anyone's asleep at the wheel and he's out there, go get him ASAP. And then, too, even in San Francisco, I know Matt Breida's in. He's out. He's healthy. He's not. Raheem Mostert looked good against the Ravens. And uh, I think, too, even if they do do a committee or Breida, who's been injury-prone, gets hurt again, and that's another guy you get. Stash him on your bench. You never know. You might need him in week 15 or your championship in week 16. Uh, another thing that I would never normally do in a regular season environment in fantasy football is have two defenses. For instance, um, one league I went and plucked up Green Bay because they've got favorable matchups starting last week where they completely dominated the Giants in the snow at the Meadowlands. This week they get the Redskins at home at Lambeau. Uh, another team that I like that I've stashed in another league, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've got the Cardinals this week. they got a couple favorable matchups coming up. If you've got the roster spot and you've got a backup wide receiver who's not getting any targets or maybe a running back that hasn't been doing much, stash a second defense because – if one of your defenses gets lit up and then you realize in week 15 they've got an unfavorable matchup, they're going up against a, 
an offensive juggernaut, it's going to be hard for you to go out there in waivers because people, you know, you think they're savages now when it comes to regular season waiver wire. Wait until the playoffs. Those are a couple kind of unconventional type methods I like to utilize here. And then also, too, if you've got two good quarterbacks and you see someone put out there on waivers or even, you know, maybe uh, as crazy as it sounds, a uh, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick who's been playing well or the resurrection of Andy Dalton came around again. If he happens to have a favorable matchup, maybe stash him on the bench. Uh, a few years back, I had Jimmy Garoppolo when he went on his brief run with the 49ers after being traded. And uh, he put up some nice numbers to me and led me to the championship game. Someone else like that could emerge this season. I think it's worth keeping them on your bench for insurance. We may be headed to the replay booth, but we'll be right back with Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, I'm talking to Chris Lardieri from Inside Sports. You got to check out what he's doing today at Chris L Sports on Twitter. You can also find him available today on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and so many other great outlets. Of course, he also helps run Inside Sports on Facebook. You got to check out what he's doing there as well. But I want to hear what's coming up this weekend because you've had some great ideas already and great tips on how to prepare teams for the playoffs if they're there now or if they're already go ahead and already one game in. So I want to ask you this, my friend, though. Coming up, are there any favorable matchups this weekend you feel teams of fantasy football out there should take advantage of? Because this is a time of year, if you still get a matchup favorable to you in the fantasy football, in fact, there's some owners that are in the playoffs that may not be paying attention to what's going on in their leagues. And that, to me, is is you know, disappointing, but it does happen. So I want to hear, my friend, are there any favorable matchups fantasy football teams should exploit to go ahead and maybe pluck up some players or make sure they have them in the starting lineup? People think I'm going off the rails here, given what they did last week. But the uh, Philadelphia Eagles play the New York Giants on Monday Night Football and. uh and it was a really disappointing loss, and it looks like they're fading in the NFC East race, and everyone's questioning Carson Wentz. But uh, there's hope in the form of the atrocious New York Giants defense. And I think that uh, if you're really in a bind for quarterback, you could do a lot worse than starting Carson Wentz. But uh, the one guy I like at receiver, and he's kind of he's been banged up, but you know when he does play, he definitely helps that Eagles offense is Alshon Jeffrey, and I think he's going up against some just terrible cornerbacks that the Giants have, including DeAndre Baker, who's really struggled, the rookie out of Georgia. Uh, I, I think that's one receiver. If you look kind of down on the Eagles, take a contrarian view. I think you should play them. And then, too, I think uh, you know, I, I, I do like anyone on the Packers against the Redskins. I know they played well against the Panthers, but. Uh, I just think this is a team, the, the Packers, it's got a lot of momentum. You have anyone on the Packers offense, I think you start them. Um, I really just think it was an aberration with what the Redskins did there. I'm actually quite shocked that Christian McCaffrey didn't do more against that defense. And um, I think, too, the, uh, the, the Cowboys 
Bears game. I know it's another Thursday night affair. Cowboys really don't look good, and it looks like Jason Garrett's on his last legs. But uh, I, I really, you know, if you've if you've got like an Amari Cooper, you've got an Ezekiel Elliott, even a Dak Prescott, I think you play them. Their backs are against the wall. I haven't been that impressed with the Bears defense this year, and uh, just kind of the contrarian in me. I, I think you play your Cowboys because this is a team. <laughs> I, I dare say that could easily win this division with a seven and nine or eight and eight record in the pretty poor NFC East. And uh, I know they struggled against the bills, but bills have a darn good defense. They're really kind of one of the underrated stories this year in the NFL and fantasy football. So uh, I don't have a lot of faith in Jason Garrett as a coach, but I do think this team has enormous talent. And I don't think because of uh, two bad losses, you start benching your offensive cowboy players. I like the quote that Jerry Jones gave in regards to Jason Garrett's status for 2019. He'll be a coach somewhere. <laughs> a resounding vote. Exactly. You know, that's, that's like a backhanded compliment. And the only thing with backhanded compliments, sometimes they're so bad, they hit you so hard, it hurts so much. So I'll <laughs> tell you what, it, you know, that I don't know. It's one time somebody tried to give me a backhanded compliment like that. I just told him, next time, can you take off your ring so it hurts a little bit less? <laughs> but anyways, I digress. I digress. So I'll just tell you this, my friend. It's just the Cowboys are a play, I think, even with Dak Prescott. I mean, what? You got 355 yards and two TDs last week. So that's a solid performance right there. And I think there will be some sort of desperation, even though they're first place in the NFC East. I still think they're they're acting out of desperation to go ahead and try and save the job of Jason Garrett. So you're going to see, I think, some good performances from them offensively. But I have a question for you for my team in a selfish fashion. I've mm -hmm. got Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers as two of my quarterbacks on my team. They both have what should be favorable matchups with Aaron Rodgers facing the Redskins and Deshaun Watson facing Denver. So you lay it on me, my friend. They're both actually should perform very well, but is there one way I should be leaning over the other? You know, I, I don't think you could go wrong with either. If gun to my head, I were to pick one. I might say Watson just because I haven't looked at the weather forecast for Green Bay. Not that that would deter Rogers, but they Didn't could get into it on a, Sunday. Yeah, exactly. But what could happen is they could just start getting a, if they get a lead early on the bike, uh, the Redskins, they might just start playing ball control and pounding the ball with, uh, with Jones and Williams out of the backfield. The thing I think with the, with the Texans, a, they're playing indoors and B, um, I don't know about you. Like I've streamed Duke Johnson a couple times this year, but, uh, I don't think they have a heck of a lot of running game and they're going to have to throw the ball, but, Either way, I don't think you could go wrong, but uh, judging by the way Watson performed against the the Patriots defense on Sunday Night Football, I think he'll feast on a much weaker Broncos one. I know it's a good situation to have, but we have both have home games coming up this weekend against some favorable teams, so looking forward to that, and hopefully that won't be the difference between one and the other, but I'm expecting good things from each, and if any of our listeners out there do, I don't think you're going to go wrong either which way. Yeah, you're going to you're going to get your points. I I don't think there'll be much variance between the two. So, kudos to you for having such a dilemma. You even look at someone like a you want to talk about a deep sleeper at running back, uh, Patrick Laird with the Dolphins now thrust into the starting role thanks to an injury. But that's someone right there. I think does he look like a, a top-tier NFL running back? No, not necessarily, but this is fantasy football and uh he's going to get touches and with the way that offense is playing, it's 
not as if you could just key on uh, Ryan Fitzmagic right now. And uh, he's a starting running back, and you got to take that into account. It's not the flashiest team that always wins a title. It's a team that scores the most points. So remember that your team is very dynamic throughout the year. And the team you see right now in week 14 might look a lot different from uh, your team that potentially, hopefully, makes it to the championship in week 16. You got some things that you're thinking about when it comes to week 14 in the NFL. But before we hear your opinions on what's going on with week 14, I got to hear your pick because it's time to go woof, woof, woof to the doghouse. Yeah, I uh, flopped a few weeks ago with the Texans against the Ravens, uh, getting the points in Baltimore. Sorry for my first entree into that. But this week, scouring the Lions, you know, look, everyone loves the Baltimore Ravens. They, they had a great win at home in the rain. Lamar Jackson driving the team down for yet another winning field goal by Justin Tucker. And it's a tough Niners defense. Everyone's on board. This week, they go and play the uh, unheralded Buffalo Bills. In Buffalo, who's getting as high as six points as I saw last check online, I think you take the Bills with the points. They've been playing really well. This is a playoff team. This is a team technically still in the hunt to win the AFC East if they can beat the Patriots here down the stretch. But uh, I just like the way that defense is playing. Ed Oliver, the rookie out of Houston, is just a monster rushing the passer. Uh, If they can contain Jackson and try and make him throw to the wide receivers, I think that's the recipe to beat the Ravens. But what do I know? I'm just a armchair coach here in Southern California. What I do think is uh, probably likely the Ravens win this game, but I could see it being low scoring, very similar to the way the 49ers attacked them on D this past Sunday. Uh, Pass rush, try and contain Jackson as much as possible, and maybe this game even comes down to a field goal. But six is a lot of points, and I think the Bills will at least keep this game within reach. That is my dog house pick of the week. There you go. Woof, woof, woof. All right, that's Chris Artieri's Pick of the Week. If you have a question for him on his Pick of the Week and the Doghouse, just got to go ahead and reach out to him at Chris L Sports on Twitter. And also as well, we do appreciate you listening to us on any one of the podcast formats and also our friends at Cuyahoga Valley Radio Network. I do want to mention if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please go ahead and give us that five-star review. The more five-star reviews that we get, We'll go ahead and be higher up on the food chain so more and more fantasy football fans can go ahead and get a taste of inside sports fantasy football. One more thing before I want to hear your thoughts as we close out the show, and that is this. Has Father Time, and you're going to hear this on my mic right now, (laughs) has Father Time tapped on the shoulder of Tom Brady? Because in the past three, four weeks, he's not looked nearly as good as as what he once did even earlier this season. He did manage in the second half to perform a lot better, but that first half was atrocious for him and the Patriots. Is it a question of the Patriots' offense, the players not being up to snuff, the offense not really going ahead and creating those mismatches out on the field, or is it a case of Tom Brady's body just saying, you know what, I think it's time for you to see a better road down the head in retirement? I think it's both. The offense clearly misses Gronkowski. They don't have a tight end as a threat. Wide receivers have just been a revolving door this year. Antonio Brown was a major bust. Josh Gordon 2.0 was sent on his way. They traded for Mohamed Sanu. He hasn't done much. Rookie receivers like Jacoby Myers hasn't panned out. Edelman's been dropping balls. But bigger picture from the physical side, and look, we've seen this the last few years, 
not a secret at this point. Anyone who watched the Super Bowl saw Brady cannot throw the deep ball anymore. Defenses know it, and I think this year they've schemed for that, uh, combined with the fact that there's really no deep threat. Edelman's more of a possession receiver. You know, he'll get you 10, 15 yards down the field. He's not going to be burning anyone in the secondary. So it's almost this perfect storm. Do I think he's done as a quarterback? I never count this guy out. He's got more lives than a cat. From a fantasy football perspective, forget about it. Like I said, you may think I'm crazy for saying start Carson Wentz this week, but I think that's a no-brainer here in week 14. Um, Brady's just not the same quarterback, and he's got limited options. And uh, honestly, this may be one of Bill Belichick's greatest regular season coaching jobs because uh, under any other coach, this team would probably be struggling to have a 500 record with an offense like this. So you do not see Tom Brady as a viable starting fantasy football quarterback at this time? I do not. There are better options out there, um, and, and there are you, – you may call me crazy, but uh, I would start Jared Goff over him, even given his struggles this year, issues with receivers and turnovers and so forth. So if you've got him on your team, keep him on your bench. You never know what can happen with injuries, but uh, – I don't think he's going to put up the points like a lot of other guys. I will say, you know, if it's between him and Daniel Jones of the Giants, I'd start Brady. But at that point, your team's probably in a lot of trouble. And props to you for even making the playoffs with those two quarterbacks. Once again, it's Chris Lardieri from Inside Sports. Catch him today on Twitter, at Chris L Sports. As we leave, the floor is now yours, my friend. Any last thoughts on the weekend coming up and the playoff chase and and all that good stuff because the playoffs are now here for fantasy football team owners. And I wish everybody listening out there the best of luck in your playoff season. And hopefully it will be as successful as you wish it to be and a championship going forward. But my friend, any last thoughts on the way out? My son and I, we were in a league with dads and sons playing my friend, Mike, who's in first place with his son, George. And last night we had Stefan Diggs. And he had Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett. And uh, I've been playing this game a long time. And I told my friend, well, according to probabilities, it looks like you're going to win. Congratulations. Good luck to you here in the playoffs. And as soon as I saw Diggs get a nice run and fall a yard short of the goal line from a touchdown, I told my son, well, we're we're done. But it was a it was a nice run. And, uh, you know, we made some questionable lineup decisions and things like that that we were second guessing. And then miraculous things happened. Russell Wilson tried to bat a ball down, and it got intercepted for a pick six. Lockett did absolutely nothing. Diggs got a few more targets and none in the second half. And we end up pulling the game out by three points. So a little bit of a uh, kind of an ABC after-school special for those of you who are old like me and remember these things. The moral of the story is here in the playoffs, anything can happen. Strange things happen. I've had years where guys have – you know, inched over the goal line on a replay or, you know, quarterbacks try and sneak the ball in and they don't get it. And that can make or break your playoff performance. So uh, keep the faith. Don't worry too much. Don't keep looking at your phone and your Yahoo probability or whatever app you use for fantasy football on uh, Sunday early afternoon. A lot can change. And I think the moral of the story is that a lot of times in the playoffs, we're stuck listening to Joe Tessitore and Booger while we're fantasy fate just hangs in the balance. and. I guess that's not a good thing, but if you're still in it come Monday night, just mute your TV. Fair enough, indeed. Well, once again, it's just so great having you on the show. It is Chris Lardieri from Inside Sports. Got to catch him today. Say hello to him and also share to him your thoughts on the fantasy football world 
at Chris L Sports on Twitter. It's just been a great time indeed. If you have any questions for us, it is at isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com, isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com. If you want to send us an email with your questions, want to give a big thank you to Bill L who sent in his top 10 movies of all time and his list. Cannot thank him enough for going ahead and taking the time to doing so. If you want to go ahead and do so, I know I spoke to Josh from the Pop Culture Cosmos, but he wants to go ahead and extend it. So I've, I'm agreeing with him. So if you want to send in your favorite 10 movies of all time, you can go ahead and do so anytime until the end of the year. We're more than happy to go ahead and add it to our big list of movies that are coming up. We're going to talk about in the month of January on the Pop Culture Cosmos. So go ahead and do that. But yes, cannot thank enough Bill L for sending in that email to isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com. Or you can reach out to us today at Twitter, and that is Inside Sports FF on Twitter. That's at Inside Sports FF on Twitter. All right, my friend, it's been a great episode. Cannot thank you enough for being a part of it. Just tell you what, Chris, I'm so excited. We're in the playoffs for fantasy football. Aren't you hyped up too? Oh, I definitely am. I mean, one of my two teams made it, and that's all you can ask for. If you're still alive here down the stretch, this is when it gets good. It's very proverbial at times, but it's a brand new season and anything can happen. So do not think you can coast with your team. Pay attention to waivers. Pay attention to your lineups and keep your fingers crossed. Keep your fingers crossed indeed, but make smart, sound decisions. Keep on checking the weather like Chris said, and the best of luck to you and your fantasy football teams this weekend in the playoffs and going forward from all of us right here at Inside Sports Fantasy Football.